Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Uh, this morning message should be about pursuing a spirit-led life. This is an important message. This message is one of my passions. The reason it's one of my passions is because of the way I came to know the Lord and what He did for me. Let me give you one example. This is just the introduction. Because we're going to be here for another two hours. So y'all <laughs> Just kidding. For the telephone. Just kidding. Um, when I first got saved, I used to curse like a sailor. There's a whole lot of things I used to do. But the Lord took cursing out of me. And the way he did it, I enjoyed cursing. I didn't do nothing wrong with it. You know, occasionally I had to use you know, bad. I remember sitting down in the barracks. Like I got saved in 1973 in the Marine Corps. I was sitting in the barracks. I didn't ask God to do this. Well, he did it anyway. I just sat there, and it was like he took his hand and went inside of me and pulled out every curse word that I would say. From that moment on, I couldn't say a curse word. And I remember going to the bathroom. This is the bathroom. A guy comes to One of my friends comes to me. He says, Sam, what you going to do? And normally I say, I'm going to do blank, 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 blank. The first thing out of his mouth, he said, you ain't cursed. I knew something was going on. So, my message today, normally when I speak, because pastor's message is I would put him in a, in a discipleship category. Some things he wants you to change. Some things that you do, it, it has to work in you to change so that you will walk as a living epistle. But sometimes it takes time. So, I try to give a different flirt. Sometimes I talk about politics. I like talking about politics. I like getting in trouble with politics. So I talk about the current issues of the day. And boy, how many of you were here the last time I spoke? Nobody's here. <laughs> hey, hey. It's been a long time. I was talking about culture issues. And what happened here, we changed our whole curriculum. We started teaching apologetics because we wanted to teach our kids that the, the facts in this book, they're true. There was a law. There was a flood. Jesus did walk the earth. They have to know, and then they have to know how to ask the questions of their death. Then I started a dog class where I taught about apologetics. We answered anywhere from 50 to 100 questions. Current questions today, the Christians have difficulty answering. So that was the result of that. Between that time and now, things have changed. I mean, all kinds of things. Who would have thought? That marriage would be defined between a man and a man. I never would have thought that officially that our Congress, not just Congress, but the Supreme Court was sanctioned. So that let me know how important this message is today because we don't know what's coming down the road. But if you learn how to pursue a spirit-led life, it don't matter. Because you're going to do the things that God needs for you to do. Protect you, your home, our nation. This nation, I don't care how bad this nation is not over here. You know why? I'm still here. And I'm praying. You are here. And we still support the nation of Israel. The ground um, swell of people still support that nation. And we got a promise that God promised Abraham that anybody who blessed them will be blessed. You individually and as a cult. So don't let nobody, don't let the news media, none of that stuff tell you. The heart of, of, of our people here. Still, this is a Christian nation. Don't care what they say. Don't care what the president, anybody says. It's still there. 
And because not everybody was Christian, I don't mean it's a Christian nation because not everybody's a Christian. You have to understand your family. That's why I like to teach history sometimes so that people are not. But today it's going to be different. Today, let me give you an example. When I first got saved and I said that God took cursing out of me, I remember after that happened, I was here home and I was in the car with a bunch of my friends. I mean, I was just fresh. The Lord just said, and deliver me from that. He delivered me from a lot of stuff, but this one particular thing. And the guys in the car, they were cursing, and I told them, you know, y'all need to quit that curse. Oh, they jumped on me. Oh, they were ready to be here. And I wonder, what did I do wrong? To leave. See, I just came out of darkness. I was walking that way, and I thought it was normal. And so when I got home, I got home and I talked to God. Now, now mind you me, I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't going to church. This was Greek to me. Foreign to me. It was like a list of Bethany English. I didn't read this. So, but I didn't know how to talk to God. And so I asked God, you know, what did I do wrong? And I decided to open the scripture and it fell to Proverbs. And this is not on the platform. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20. It said, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your, your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are light to those who find them and help to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put a devious speech far from you. When I read that, it was like Jesus Christ was in my liver, in my kitchen, my mom's kitchen, speaking to me. And that scripture just leaped out. That was enough. That's all the issue with me. I don't what nobody said. That was enough. What I had done, I had encountered the Lord. I was pursuing a spirit-led life and didn't know. So now that I know, and you all know, now you should be able to do it better. So I'm going to help you today in doing that. All right? We're going to cover my message this morning. That was just introduction. My message this morning will cover three areas. Number one, the benefit of pursuing a spirit-led life. Number two, what is a spirit-led life? And then an application. Okay? Let's go. First, let's start off with the benefits of a spirit-led life. Now, these, these benefits I'm going to give you, this is not all. This is going to be real quick because the heart of what I want to get into is the second part. I want to get into it. But you can teach on the benefit of a spirit-led life. You can take this whole time to teach on it and go weak because it's so much. That's why I like when we have, when it's the third um, Friday of the month, pursuing God's presence, I just like the idea because basically, in the heart of what I'm saying is that, that, that too. It's pursuing God. So let's look at number one on one of the benefits of pursuing the spirit led life. Number one, it is God's will. Obedience God will secure. If you need nothing else, no other motivation, it should be that. It is God's will. That's all. Whatever is God's will is what we want to do. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, let us walk by the Spirit. So, I'll whether anybody tell me that or not, once I know it in the scripture, I can do it. And it's important that you know 
Because when you're in, in the heat of the battle and things are going on, you need to know God's will. It keeps you, it helps you to stand. So that's number one benefit. Number two, let's look at another. Uh, he is a reward of those that seek him. That's Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of those who seek him. You have to know that God will reward you for seeking him. And that's important. God wants you to know that, because that's what he wants you to do. And God is not prostituting his gifts, his riches. God wants you to pursue him. He's just not going to give it to anybody. You can get lazy in the, in the realm of the spirit if you want to, but God is not going to, and don't get me wrong, his grace and mercy do cause. There are times God softly moves. God speaks to every one of you, everybody. But there are times God wants you to pursue him. That's when you get the riches. It is the same figurative way a man pursues a wife. A wife wants a man to pursue her. I had to learn that when I got married. I didn't know that because the way I pursued my wife was worldly. But then when I got saved, I started learning. That I had to think different. Well, the same with God. You have to learn. God will teach you, and when you pursue Him, God will bless you. The Bible says it's the glory of God to hide a matter. It's the glory of King to search it out. It's in the it's in the pursuing when you learn the ways of God. You learn things about God. That people who don't pursue do not learn and do not receive. So, so he's a reward. Number three, uh, pursuing a uh, spirit led life will help you to overcome the flesh. Galatians five sixteen. But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. A lot of things that, like when Pastor speaking or John speaking, that they ask you to do. You can tend to do it. Sometimes you fail at it. You go back. When to the Holy Spirit is on it, it's sometimes you struggle with it. You have some struggles anyway, because the Bible says, Jesus said, in this world, you have tribulation. Well, if I'm going to have tribulation, I'd rather have it with God than not have it with God. I'm going to struggle with struggling with Him because He has the answer. You understand? So, pursuing a spirit that life would help you to overcome the flesh. And, and you've got to know that's God's will. And just we're already with that too. Alright, let's go to number four. It says, your walk and life will be a reflection of Jesus' walk because you will walk in the same light as Jesus did while, while on earth. Let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. It says this, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, or the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses from all sin. That's now notice in verse 7, it says, if we walk in the light as he himself in the light, we have to do the walking. Verse, let's, let's go to another verse. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5 through 6. It says, for ye are all sons of the light, sons of the dead. We are not sons, we are, we are not of the night, nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep 
as others do, but let us be alert and sober. There are some Christians who are in darkness, and they, they don't even realize it. This will be my politics for today. <laughs> there are some Christians who select political leaders and don't realize that selecting people are going to pass policy to their own doing. And yet they complain. Why? Because they're not walking in the light. They're Christians going to heaven, but they're not walking in the light. Jesus would never do that. Never. Because Jesus walked in the light. He was the light, as well as walking in the light. And what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For ye, you were formerly darkness. That's what I was. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So, one of the benefits, if we walk or if we pursue our spirit-led life, we will walk after the pattern of the cross. We'll walk in the same life that he walked in. Okay, the next part that we need to answer is, what is a spirit-led life? Because you can say anything. You know, Buddha. Some people say, if I worship Buddha, that's spirit or whatever. But true spirit life can only be defined by Jesus Christ, by God himself. So, number one, <laughs> the spirit-led life is a life where one sees and knows that Jesus is the pattern of that life. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to read several verses, and I want you to tell me what word is common in all these verses. Okay? Matthew 1 Verse 18 said, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was his father. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3 16. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, behold, and the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove lighting upon him. And he saw the Spirit of God. Matthew 4.1 Then when Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And the last one, John chapter 6, verse 59-63 said these things he said in the synagogue as he taught and compared. Therefore many of the disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? Listen to it. What, what Jesus had said it's what theologians call hard sins of Christ. He had just told them earlier, he said, if you're going to follow me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. That is a, that is a hard thing to understand. But Jesus said, now watch what Jesus said here. Verse 61. It's what Jesus conscious that his disciples grumbled at this and said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see some man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profit nothing. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. What was the word that's common in all these verses? Spirit. Y'all smart. You got A. That's it. We can end the sermon right there. The spirit. The spirit of God was is the number one ingredient in Jesus' walk, his life. From the day he was born in his mother's womb till he got baptized. And then he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And he said, even his favorite words were spirit and life. So if I want to say what is a spirit-led life, the first and most important ingredient, I have to hold the Spirit. 
I have to get familiar with the Holy Spirit. Because it's Him that helps us to walk this life. It is Him that keeps us from sin. It is Him that shapes our motivation, our drive to please and, and to understand God. It is Him that helps us to see who God is. It is Him that opens the Scripture up to us so we can see the words become not just facts, they become living. It is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that did that to Jesus. One of the mistakes some Christians make is because they're taught this, that all the things passed away, miracles, gifts and stuff, that Jesus walked as God. He was God. He was all God and all man. But he walked as a man. I say 99 to 95% of what he did, he did as a man. Now somebody might come up to me, well he did this as God. Keep it. If it's under that 2, 1%, you keep it. Because I don't know everything, but what I do know is this, that Jesus walked as a man and he did things, this is how, how he did it. The Holy Ghost led him and guided him to do what he did. And I'll show you that in a minute. God, through the Holy Spirit, led him. And the reason why I'm telling you this, Satan will whisper in your ears, especially when I get into some of the other circles, we'll get a little bit more detail on this spirit-led life. He will just whisper in your ears, I can't do that. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. If you name the name of Christ, you got everything you need in this life. Even if you don't know the word of God, you're ignorant. You still got everything if you if you pursue a spirit-led life. Now you should be in a church. You should be around leaders. Because some people who talk about spirit-led life and lead by the spirit can get flaky. I've been around. But that's no excuse for you to do. Jeff, did you point at me that time? <laughs> that is no excuse for you to do what God says. And I'll tell you, I've been around flaky people who said they led by the Spirit. I could tell you some stories, and I'm telling you that they are fruitcakes <laughs> and nuts. But I'm going to tell you how not to be that way, but yet walk by the Spirit. You hear me? Now, from this point on, I'm going to get a little bit closer into what defined. But, how did Jesus do all those things? Acts 10. Verse 38. Even Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the death, for God was with him. Now notice it said, God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power to do what? Two basic things. Do good and do supernatural miracles. The doing good has to talk to you about revolutionary love, doing good. But even that, you should pray, God, what do you want me to do? Or listen to the Spirit of God when you do it. Because you want to be blessed from the start, carried out to the end, so that God can bless you. But it won't just that. He, he casts out demons. He did a lot of things. And what I want to do, I call it doing good, the moral aspect of a Spirit-led life. You should do good. We should treat people right. We should not gossip. We should um, give people from our substance, whether it's food, money, or what. We should. Those are moral good things to do. We shouldn't have to pull. But if that's all you do, there's no way you can walk like Jesus walked. To the degree that the scripture says, you understand what I'm saying? You have to do, if you're going to reflect Christ, you got to do more than that. If you, at least you'll do that. 
At least do that much. But we want to go beyond that. And guess what? God is dealing with you all the time, teaching you and showing you, but sometimes we're not recognizing and we're sitting. Alright, let's look at let's uh, look at the next thing we would define as part of spirit-filled life. Number two, it's a life where the Holy Spirit will help you walk this spirit-led life. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 16 through 19. I'm still kind of high. So I would ask the Father, He would give you another help. When He said another help, one like me. The Holy Spirit is here. He's actually taking the place of Jesus. Jesus in heaven. And we still have Him, but we have Him by the Holy Spirit. So He comes in and helps the Holy Spirit. Says, says that He may be with you forever. That is scripture whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Jesus said, I will not leave you as often. In other words, he has given us the Holy Spirit. Pray to the Father. Father, send the Holy Spirit. So when someone gets saved, they have the Holy Spirit in them. I just want to nail that down right, right quick. And then in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 25 and 26, he said, And these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father would send in my name, he would teach you all things to bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So that's important. So now we know that regardless of um, any excuse, the Holy Spirit is in us and Jesus died to make way for us. That's why he told the disciples, it's better for you that I go away. Because I can't be in everywhere, but the Holy Spirit can be with you. He'll teach you. You know, Jesus had a hard time with the disciples sometimes. He said, boy, don't y'all, don't you understand that yet? But the Holy Spirit can teach us and help us. And he's sympathetic towards us. Because he knows our weakness. Okay, now, the number one ingredient is the Holy Spirit. Let's look at some more things. Let's look at Jesus walking a little bit closer. Alright, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Let's start off with verse 30. Jesus said this, I can do nothing of my own initiative. When Jesus said that, what he was doing in context, the Pharisees and the religious people always try to trap him. When they say he did this by bell buzzer or, or whatever. Jesus said, no, I'm not doing these things by my own initiative. I'm not doing this because I want to be a hero or anything like that. I'm doing it for another reason. Let's watch it. Let's, let's, let's listen to this. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, if I had to pick one statement that defines what a spirit-led life is, it would be this. I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's, if you had to wrap it up, Jesus saying, I seek the Father's will. So we know that part of the ingredients. But how did Jesus do it? Watch this. He said, as I hear I judge. So what that tells me, the second piece is God wants to use your ears. God wants you to walk in a way that you listen to Him, that you can pick up on Him like that. Pick up every time He tells you something. Pick up what He's saying to you about this, about that. Some young girl who's single, looking for a mate. God wants to be a pick. Not him. Not him. Not him. Or a man looking for a wife. She can look cute, but that's not your wife. He don't want you to go up, hey, honey, 
Shoot your line. I can't, I can't laugh like I used to. <laughs> you know, I never was good at that anyway. If Jesus hadn't come to my life, I probably still would have been married. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> He's coming to my life to come by the bus, no. But I couldn't do that then. When I want to do something, I'm not good at it. Just put it that way. So, and my cousin Pat can tell you right there, because we graduated together. But I'm going to just tell you now, the Spirit of God, you don't have to date. Not the way the world does it. I can teach you. Matter of fact, let me give you an example. Look ahead myself, let me give you an example. I was in church. Was that like y'all said? Okay. And I said today. And all of a sudden, I reached down to pick up something. And I saw the shadow go by me. And when it by me, I knew the Spirit of God, my spirit lit up. I knew what was going on. I just had this sense. When I got up, I saw this guy walk this way. When I got up, I knew what he was doing. I knew his thoughts. I got up, I said, sir, you gave me go ask that lady for a phone. I'm like, yeah, you want to take off for a day? I said, yeah, that ain't the way you do it. Now, he, he said, what you mean? I'll show you how to get a wife. I'll show you how you never have a day. She'll fix you like a hand in a glove. I'll show you how to, when you go in the house, she'll bow down to it. No, I didn't say <laughs> But I did say the father. It's uh, really good. He didn't take me in the office. The woman he was born at, she was married. And I know her. And I think it's Jenny Van Gershwin. And uh, she may not even know who it is then. It's been, been a long time. <laughs> but I knew it was uh, God was cutting him off because he was doing something wrong. He won't run. But I didn't know, I was just sitting there, and the Spirit of God awakened my spirit, and I just looked up, and there he was. And I'm telling you now, God is doing you all the same way. He's showing you things, but because, and I'm going to show you what to do about this towards the end. There are certain things that you, you, you need to do to help you with this, and I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit more with this. But anyway, it says here, this is how Jesus did. He said, I hear you. I hear you. So that means God wants to use us, our ears. We got spiritual ears as well as these ears. He wants you to use these ears too. You can hear things of the Spirit with these ears. God's not limited to what He can do. Let me give you another example. Um, I was in a group who was studying Scripture and uh, was in this house. It was like a conference. And they were talking about gifts of the Spirit stuff, which. it's like you know, stuff. So I was in there writing notes and had a video where this, the instructor was there and had somebody facilitating. And uh, you know, I'm like taking my notes right there. All of a sudden, this word come across my head: adultery. Twice. I didn't pay no attention to it. You know why I didn't pay no attention to it? Because it was in my head. It was my thought. You know, in your head you can have all kinds of thoughts. You know what's bad? Sometimes. You don't discern God's voice because you think it's your thoughts. And you don't you, you take it and you weed it out among many other thoughts. That's all what I did. So anyway, kind of stuck out with me a little bit. Right now, because we had all these people there and stuff. So it was time to break. We get up, we go outside, and as I go outside, out the door they had a table full of books. There's one book, I think the title What What You Think About Jesus. It just illuminated to me. It's just like it, it just came at me. But I had no mind. I wouldn't at all. And uh, now I know now. This was years ago. I didn't know. 
And so when we got outside, all of a sudden everybody stopped and lighted up a cigarette. Oh God, the devil's tail is wagging now. What in the world I got myself into? And so I approached the leader and I said, Don't you think something wrong with all these people smoking cigarettes? He said, Show me in the Bible where it says you can't smoke a cigarette. I didn't say no more to it. I knew something wrong. I would have left then, but because I paid my money and because <laughs> it was a conference and I think the guy that was teaching, he was okay. All these other people didn't pray. So I went back, and when I went back by the table, books stood up to me again, but I didn't pay no attention to it. So I go to the class, had the class went through and stuff, and I was born home, and I saw these people going to nightclubs and stuff like that. I said, something's not right. But a month later, that group was found out. They were having orgies, committing adultery, they had parties, they were attracting people by these parties. They were a cult. I had no idea. See, God was trying to show them. Now, hand out when he got that book and opened it. I would have knew because I definitely don't believe what that book says, and I would have, you know, went on left. Well, why didn't I, I? I went on, went through the thing, and God taught me something on that. Well, the name of the group was called the Way International. You probably never heard about them. They did not even exist, and uh, they were attract young people to parties and stuff like that. And they were teaching what I like, the, the gifts of the Spirit. But what they were doing was wrong. It's wrong. The moral aspect of God's uh, word being led by the Spirit was not being applied. The Pharisees was the same way. You can note the book backwards and forth, but yet can divorce your wife for stupid reasons. You know. So it's important that we hear God do the word. As well as hearing by the Spirit. Because you need both. You need both. Okay, let's look a little bit more closer. And uh, in Matthew 9 and 4. So we see God will use your ears, but that's what Jesus did, both internal as well as external. And Jesus, knowing that thought, said, This is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 4. Jesus, knowing that thought, said, Why are you thinking evil in your heart? Jesus knew that thought. So, can you know people's thoughts? Yes, the Spirit of God revealed it to you. Just like I was telling you, I was saying, yeah, I knew that person's thought. This thing only happened as a Spirit. I wish it would happen. I wish I could turn my finger like it let happen. All of y'all be millionaires. This debt be paid off. But it don't happen that way. I wish it happened more. Sometimes, I wish God would not let me make mistakes. And, you know, and then later on, I, you know, learn. But that's just the way it is. But the more you walk a Spirit led life, the less mistakes you make. And the more you walk more like Christ. So, there's this inner norm that is part of that ingredient. You can know. And God is speaking to every one of you. He's speaking to you now. He, he always talks. He shows you things. But you've got to know. you got to recognize. Um, let's look at the number. Let's look at John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Before we go there, let me give you another example. This is more up-to-date example. This is right down to where we live in. In my company, we had problems with upper management, having problems with supervisors and stuff. And this one particular manager, I had problems, but I never responded to him the way everybody else responds. I responded according to the word of God. And I got my issue resolved. Like that. Matter of fact, he apologized to me. I've had him from captains in the military. Other forms 
abusement, but come back and apologize quick. And all we could have did is when I said, because I never forget this one guy, one um, engineer, he was my manager, and my car was leaking gas. And I was working in Beth, and I, I wanted to just take my car and get it fixed. Oh, he just, he just, oh, you can't do it. And so, morally speaking, I don't be like the typical person. Oh, you in it? Oh, knock you out, or whatever, you know. I didn't do that. I went somewhere where he couldn't see me. I said, Father, forgive me for what have I done to offend you. I didn't think about him first because some of my life is sustained and corrupt by God. And once I did that, he didn't see me. Nobody see me. I said, God, please forgive me. What have I done? Show me. And I'll I make it right. And I waited a few minutes and now within a second, of, he comes back and runs back and oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can go and do it. I said, okay, okay, we go. You know, went on. And I'm telling you, captives and stuff, if you walk a spirit as life, I'm telling you now, God will do outstanding things for you. So, another incident was saying what the managers, uh, this happened not that long ago. I was going to work, and when I got to work, um, we go in the lobby, then I have to go in the elevator of the fourth floor. So when I got in the elevator, the fourth floor, as soon as I stepped out, the fourth floor, I said, Spirit God, I put my hand on my heart, and I looked to the room where the, the, this particular manager's office was. God spoke to me. He'd be gone in a few days. He was gone. He was gone. And when I said gone, he was not in that position anymore. And our atmosphere changed just like that. So there's a knowing. God can help you, but you've got to be sensitive to it. you got to know. That's, that's the aspect of the spirit there law. Life. And you all can do it. You all do it and don't know it sometimes. And you just, I'm going to show some things which can help you with that. All right, let's watch Jesus. Let's look at another situation. In John chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. It says, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless he, unless it is something he sees the father's doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater things, greater works than these, so that you may marvel. He's got this fascinating. He shows you things so you can marvel, so you can know that he's real. So here, the other aspect, too, of a spirit-led life is that God will show you that. God wants to use your eyes. And one of the ways he did that is through dreams. I mean, it's many ways God can use your eyes. I can give you a lot of examples. But let me give you one quick one, because everybody dreams. How many of you don't dream? Raise your hand. How many of you do dream? Do you know some of those dreams are God? This is what you do. Then if you like my wife, she don't have to, for me, I don't dream that much. So in order for me to dream, I had to, God give me some dreams. And still, I had a hard time, at least it seemed like. So what I did, I took a notebook and a pen and put it beside my bed. So I can get ready. So I'm walking by faith. And I record my dreams. Some of them I don't interpret them. Some of them I have. Well, about a week ago, 
Now my wife, she dreams, she can dream five dreams from two sockets. Now I don't know what she would do when recording hers. Hers are all the color, black and white details. Mine's black. I'll swore. That's what I have to do. That just went work with me for her. See, I know forget she was laying down. She woke up, do something, go to bed something. See, she she lay back down and she hit the pillow. I said within one minute she was back up again. I said, Why are you up? She said, I just had three dreams. Or something like that. Weird thing. to me like that. And she'd tell me, and when she would tell me these dreams, you know, sometimes I have to wait because I don't know when she's going to hit these things, you know. And so I said, is there an end to it? She said, I'm coming to the end. Well, my dream's not that short. Had a dream the other day. He hit a pussy dream. I was, it was near time he'd get up or have my devotion. And I think it was like 6 o'clock. No. What time it was, I knew I was getting up late, but I just got up. And I probably hit that dream zone. You know, they said they got a certain zone. I probably hit it. Because I, I laid back down. When I laid back down, popped in. It was a, a young boy who reminded me of a pizza guy, taking pizza, getting the car. But the, the, the thing he was trying to fool with was exactly like this. It was more like a picnic basket, sort of like. When he was getting in the car, and I heard this. Somebody asked him, said, what are you getting ready to do? He said, I'm getting ready, I made some food because I'm getting ready to take it to my mother-in-law for Mother's Day. It went away. Then, as it went away, when I just started getting up, a name comes in. So I go to work. And see, God already spoke to me. Everybody's going to work, planning, moving on. I'm trying to listen to what God's saying. What are you telling me? What else? See? So I get to work. And God brought his name back to me. So I called the guy and I told him, it don't mean nothing to me, but I believe it means something to you. I gave him the drink. And he texted me, I believe you will call me later. He told me yes. He said, blah, 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 this. God wanted me to do this to his mother-in-law and all, all this. And just think, if I hadn't written that down, what would have happened? I would have missed out on a blessing that blessed him. I can't remember all the details, but it blessed him because I've written it down. Just think, how many dreams that God has given y'all. How many of you uh, have issues in your life? Everybody has issues in their life, whether it's, whether it's relatives or what, and God can speak to you in that. So that's one way God can use your eyes. Another way, uh, years ago, and God does this to me a lot. Let me, let me let you do this. Everybody now who's looking at me, close your eyes right quick. Close your eyes. Now think of a scene. You got your scene? Now be honest. God put a drop something in your mind, just like that. The quickest you thought that scene, that's what he did. I was sitting there reading the Bible, and when I was reading it, it was still foreign to me. Didn't understand it. And one thing I used to love to do is right there. And God was taking me out that lifestyle. And so what happened, I was sitting in my room reading, and this guy come in, but before he came in, I was reading the scripture, and this picture dropped him out, just like I showed you. It was this can of Budweiser. Oh, nice. I mean, it was nice ice. I mean, malt, water, and stuff, water. And I was the kind of person, didn't care what kind of beer. If you gave me a beer and cheeseburger, I'm your friend for life. That's what I love. And so, this beer popped in my mind. Now, I'm reading the Bible. Ain't no beer got no business popping in my mind. Because I didn't, I didn't understand what I was reading. 
So for the bottom line went away. And just as it went away, this guy came in the room and said, Sam, do you want a, a can of beer? And it was an exact butt wasp. Exact thing. And I, my head went to the Bible and I was reading with Matthew 4, where Jesus was being tempted of the devil. And I knew then, no. Now I'm saying, this is what God did for me. This is how he brought me out. He did other things. I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you a number of things. I'm not saying if you drink beer, you go ahead and drink your beer. Because I'm not your Lord and Master. I'm just telling you what he told me to do. I don't do it. Because if I had went back and those friends that I had saw me drinking beer, they would have said, oh, we knew that religious thing, right? See, God knew how to take me out. And because of that experience, it propelled me in the service. It propelled me to go through all kinds of stuff. One reason why people go back and forth out of Christianity is because they do not experience God. And some of the things I'm telling you, all you ladies are already intuitive. Already there. Whether you are saved or not, God has put in you. That's why Satan came to the woman first. Because intuitively, she's very sensitive. And that's how I had to learn with my wife. She's very sensitive to things of God. Sometimes a woman don't have to know all the plans that you're doing, man. And you're going to say, hey, what you think about it? Oh, it ain't going to work. She didn't look at it. You done did all the details. Man, it ain't going to work. And it doesn't work. So, so you, you just have to understand. With men, it's fact, fact, fact. So we have a harder time learning this stuff sometimes than women. But there are some men, boy, they do go. I want to be like one of those men. Go. So, so now we, if we look at the spirit-led life, we see Jesus listen to the Father continue. God uses his eyes. He uses insides, his spirit man. That is the spirit-led life. And we got the Holy Spirit in us. And I gave you some examples for myself, for myself. And I got, I got tons of more that I can give you. But let me give you one more example from, well, I can give you several of them that Jesus did. Like, let me, give, let me just take this one. Jesus told Philip, say, we, uh, when he went through a certain part of uh, town, like Galilee somewhere, he met Philip. He said, Philip, come follow me. Philip said, okay, I'll follow. And then Philip went and got Nathaniel, said, that, man, we found him who the Lord of prophets talk about. And when Nathaniel was coming, Jesus said, there's a man with no guile in him. It's a man of truth. Nathaniel heard this. said, how do you know this about me? He said, when Philip went and got you, I saw you on the fig tree. Was Jesus around the fig tree? Hey, Nathaniel. No, he won't nowhere near. But the Spirit of God popped in his head and showed him and gave him a word of knowledge about Nathaniel. So there's another aspect of the Spirit-led life, and that's called the gifts of the Spirit. And it happens to all of you. Every one of you happens to them. It's just, we don't talk about it enough, we don't teach, we don't uh, get it enough, and you don't have enough people walking it out where they can show you. You see? Well, I got some answers. Alright. Then, the last example I'm going to give you is about the Samaritan woman. Jesus said, the scripture says in John chapter 4, Jesus said, I have to go through this particular area. And it was the area where the Samaritans lived. Jesus go see this woman go to the well. And he's standing there and he said, give me something to drink. Looked at, looked at him and said, you being a Jew, you being a Jew, you ask me for something to drink? You know, Jews don't have no deals with it because they was considered half-breeds and stuff like that. And so there's a little racism going through there. 
But Jesus can break all that. That's why I like our church. We try our best to break it. So Jesus did. Jesus is the only answer. And Jesus told us that, look, if you knew who the gift of God was and who was his actual drink, you would actually give you a drink. I gave water that flows up to her time a lot. And she said, where you going to get that water from? You ain't got no bucket. You got no, how you going to get it? So then he says this. Let me see if I can find it. Verse 16. And um, yeah, chapter 4. So, and he said to her, Go and call women. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 16. I won't die. She said, Give me the drink. And he, and he said to her, Go and call your husband. Come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have correctly said, I have no husband. Who you have had five, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This is this you have said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit through Christ really touched her spirit. He took her from the natural to the spiritual. And she said, I perceive you as a prophet. What did he say to her? He said things that she knew nobody else knew, could have known, but Jesus. That's called the gifts of the Spirit. Where the knowledge is up, God gives you the same way. He wants to do you that way. Because you need to know. Let me give you an example of this. This is a funny example. Um, we were going out witnessing, and we was on the street. We used to go, spend at least two hours on the street. We used to go, me and this friend of mine, go to some of the hardest places in Charleston, West Virginia. Some of the roughest places. And um, we were going out, we went out, we saw Jehovah's Witness, we said, they're going to hell, so we didn't we went out and uh, uh, we, were, we were knocking on doors and all this stuff. And, uh, don't get me wrong, we, we talked to co-workers too, but sometimes they're hard enough to crack because they're so infiltrated by what they believe and stuff. I mean, I've been waiting to storm. While I drive down the street, I'm running. Tell them, you need Jesus. Because uh, I want them to get saved. But the guy that said that told me when he could have had me, and I was open to the spiritual things. He said, why are you wearing this cross? To me, I was a son of a boy. He said, decoration piece. He said, well, you were the gun that killed your mom. I said, this idiot. So I thought that was crazy. So that turned me off. I'll go, to, go in the service, get saved, come back, I know the truth. And I see him. And then I started talking to him. He didn't want to talk to me. So while he drives, I'm running down the street with him, trying to tell him what Jesus Christ. Because God had changed my life. Anyway, we was out. We were witness with him. Couldn't get nobody saved. We were struggling with people. I mean, people, people were really hard that day. After about two hours, we got tired. So we went to the pastor's house. Pastor's calling people and stuff. Couldn't get a hold of nobody. His wife, his kids. And so I kind of looked out the window, the street where we had just come from. Want no cars, no nothing. For a split something, I thought. Keep making Jesus to come back and got everybody. And we came here with these heels. And we thought we created the truth. Oh, it was a fight. And he looked at me, he thought the same thing. Until the phone rang. He found his wife. So he knew he was saved. He knew he was saved. I said, oh, God, no. If we just went out there to school, we couldn't find nobody. I said, no. So anyway, I said, shoot. I said, Pastor, let's go down to the basement. Let's pray. One more time. So we went down to the basement. And all I done was got on my knees. Watch it. I said, God, where do you want us to go? What should we do? And a number came to my mind, just a little, just for a second. Just like when I told you to close your eyes, boom, that's where it was. 
So I said, I said, Pastor, let's go back into this apartment, and whoever apartment that has his number, we'll go there. So he said, okay, we'll go. One more time. And so we went there, knocked on the door, the woman opened up, we led her and all her children, yeah, a house full of children, all of them to the Lord. Oh, we felt good. We felt redeemed. Not only we knew we were going to heaven, everybody was here, but we got somebody saved. You know, and you want that. Let me give you one more quick example before we get into the application. Not to this, this was years ago, this is not too long ago. I was in a class that was teaching on um, spirit led stuff like that, like this. And that my assignment was to go out with, and they said I was supposed to take somebody with, and I couldn't find anybody that I could take with because it's the time that I could go. So I decided to go to my lunchtime. And uh, so I said, Where am I going? Where is there heathens in the street? <laughs> and then it, it dawned me, I said, All I got to do is walk my office. They're all walking across the street. So that's what I did. I stepped up my office, and then I just watched. So I'll show and this young boy coming out, and you know he won't say not nothing look like him was salvation. I said, Jesus, you want to talk to you. And when I say this, when I teach from hearing God's voice, I get into a little bit details on what I hear and stuff. So I'm not doing it now, but you need to know this, these things. So anyway, I felt this person. So I came to the person, I told him, I said, look, I got a class. I'm bringing it from the natural to the spirit. I got a class, and you picked me up this class, and part of class, I got to tell you, it was all the sandwich. But I think he's saying something about you. He's okay, okay. So, I got to talk to him within two or three minutes. Tears just coming from his eyes. Now, man, he shot me, he shot me so much, I forgot to tell him about Jesus. You know, you can have all the men, but the object is to tell him about Jesus. He's cool, and I look at that, what do you say? You know, folks, come see me. He shot me, so I went up and told him about Jesus and stuff like that. And he was too bashful outside to share my Christ. He said, I had to go talk to three people. So I thought, that's why. I said, that's pretty good. They all let pass my class. Yeah, yeah, crying and stuff. So then, since I had to go to two, I told him I would do it. So I'm standing across the street. He said, Lord, what do I do? I'm going to get to the next. So I felt led to go across the street. So I go across the street. Another heathen come to me. Oh, this guy was worse. I said, Lord, do you want me to talk to him? Are you sure? And I felt that I should. So I told him the same thing. I took him from the natural, the spiritual. And I said to him, you know, can you help me with this class? Oh, I love this class and stuff like that. So I get to talk to him, and I was telling things, but this time I kind of sensed this was God. First time when I saw him, I didn't have that sensation, but I felt that he started crying. Oh, then I really got surprised. Lord, I don't need to go back to work. I keep doing this all day. And I shared with him about Christ. He didn't give us like Christ. People was around. He was kind of bashing and stuff. And he cried, so I'll be the church. I said, yeah, come on, go to church. So then there was a third person. This person was much harder. He didn't, I mean, he looked cool. But he didn't, he didn't do all that. So he, he didn't let me, all that. Then as he turned around, the Lord told me, actually, did you have a drink? So he said, yeah, I have a drink. I said, give me a drink. I'm going to sit by the church. So he gave me his dream. And Lord knows I didn't know his dream yet. But I took a step of faith and I started sharing something. He said, yes, yes, this has got to be what it means. This is da 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 And then I shared with him what Christ He left. So what did I do? I took a step of faith. I listened. I watched. 
and I sense in my spirit each and every step of faith. So that's what Jesus did. Now this is what God was meant to tell you. Besides that message, this is what God was meant to tell you. Like the woman at the wedding, when she came to the wedding, Jesus was there. Figuratively speaking, and symbolic speaking, she was going to a prayer chamber. With me? She's getting ready to go have a morning devotion. So she picks up the scripture and starts to read. Like Jesus was there with her, the scripture began to speak out to her and touch her and tell her things about her life. So then she decides, I'm going to write this down. She didn't just write it down, she now has to have an application. Because she knows that when you read the scripture, it ain't just what you hear, it's what you do. So she started writing an application. My application is, I got some friends down here at this hometown to go share with them. So she goes off and share with them. Then they hear her, and they give their life to Christ. At the end of her death, she looked over her death, and she looked. She knew she had devotion, and she did what God said. She could go to bed in Christ, knowing that day, what God spoke to her, she did what he said. The scripture became alive to her. God told me to tell you that's what he wants you to do every time you go for the word of God. He wants the scripture to come alive to you. He said, because there's too many people who are dying and destitute who don't know what I'm telling you next. And God can lead you to, to do that. Like the woman did the way, the scriptures should come alive to you. should be more than just facts. You've got to know the facts. You gotta know that Jesus lived. You gotta know he died. You gotta know there was a Noah. Because it's those facts that keep us in a box, keep us square, keep us from being off somewhere. You see what I'm saying? But the scripture is living and active, and that's what God wants to do. God told me to tell you. That is the way you should be, you should receive it from him. So that it become living. That is what's gonna change your daughter, your kids. That's why I pray for Brandon. I pray that the God that I serve would minister her when when she would encounter him the same way I did. And it'll hold you. It'll sustain you. It'll keep it. It'll keep it from being religious. You see? And because the first thing is they knew the scripture. But Jesus told them, he said, in the scripture, in them is eternal life. You believe that. But the scriptures talks about me. And you won't come to me. He said, you believe in Solomon. What's one greater than Solomon here? And the Bible said they missed the day of their visitation. I do not want to miss the day of God's visitation. He can visit us every day. And sometimes it's not always ooly ooly a cloud down. That's not what I'm saying. Because the fact of the scripture, you gotta read it. You gotta love your, your wife. Children, you gotta obey their parents. You gotta do that. You can have all this other stuff you want to, but if you're not doing that, it's a problem. See? So, what we're gonna do with this? In your bulletin, you should have the last page. It says, how are we to walk in this? Let's grow our position ourselves to pursue a spirit-led life. So here's some things I'm going to suggest to you. Number one, you must know in your heart and mind that Jesus walked as a man. And some people are going to say, well, he walked his talk. He did, but he emptied himself. He did not choose to be God when it comes to some of these miracles and stuff. Now, he, now he was God, fully God. Do not deny that. That's part of the Christian faith. If somebody say that, like the Jehovah Witness, they false. They're wrong. But, on the other hand, 
It says this, living an example that we should follow and pursue. He walked, or his walk, or lifestyle was natural, supernatural walk that pursued the Father. What I mean by that is that he was a carpenter. He lived, he honored his mother and father. He did the natural things, but apart from that, it was a supernatural walk. You gotta go to work. You gotta eat. You gotta do that. I'm not saying not being realistic in his work, but within that, there's a supernatural walk about every one of you that we can tap into and continue to grow in it. And the object of growing in it is so that you can help someone else. Tell you my little secret. Don't let the devil fool you. When you come to church and listen to me and stuff, that's fine. But you should be able to know how to feed yourself. Know how to draw from the well yourself so you don't depend on nobody. Because God can put you in a place where you're not necessarily getting fed by that pastor, but you're getting fed because God got you in that place for another reason. You see? I have learned, God told me how to be fed from a dead preacher. When I say dead, six feet under. Now, y'all know who Vernon McGee is. He's dead. Long time. Dead. Dead, dead. And I remember reading the scripture, having my devotion time, and I was reading the the scripture. I said, God, I don't know what this means. Let me go to my commentaries first. I didn't know what this means. I think the scripture in Jew was was saying they they were spies in your love feast. What he mean? So I was asking the right questions. And I remember um, on lunch, I was working for Erickson. And I started turning this radio on. That ran on. Brian McGee was on the radio. I didn't know he was dead. And he was teaching. And he was boring to me after that. But he, he said he was teaching on love things. Oh, man, he opened that whole thing to me. And then when I found out he was dead, I said, thank you, Lord. You showed me how to receive even when they did. So don't come to me and tell me you're not getting nothing out of the word when you come in. Don't tell me that. Because if I ask you how much time you spend in God's word, what you're doing, I can help you. But you don't tell me that. Because I depend on no pastor, nobody to feed me. Now I go to church and I go to conference, I do. You need that. But when I get in for my God and my prayer room, my Bible, my pencil, paper, I learn how to draw from Him. So it sustains me when it's times are going hard. So it keeps me. So I can love my wife. My wife don't have right. Stay me. Especially when I was single and they came by the buffalo and I said, no. I walked. I can tell you some stories. I mean, I will tell you some stories. Flip your ears. But it was because of Jesus Christ that sustained me. I'm telling you that now. You've got to experience it. All right, number two. You know, I can go ahead on another hour. Matter of fact, I think I'll leave. <laughs> no, I know. Pastor gonna hear this. Prayer. Here's some things I want you to pray for. Must be people of prayer. Must be people of the word. Ask God for hunger of God's word. Pray for God to put a hunger in you for God's word. The day I got saved and, and God revealed the scripture, my hunger never ceased. I have to have the word of God. I have to chew it, eat it, whatever you do to the word of God. And I'm hoping to develop some lessons to teach on Wednesday night on, on getting the word of God. So y'all pray for me in that because that's a task. But anyway, the next thing, must be people who seek many feelings. I started to feed you anew. When I got saved, I was a feeling. I got spirit of God coming to me. I was just as saved then as ever I am now. And yet during that time, I was smoking dope. Drinking beer and trying to do everything else. Right in the midst of it. Because I didn't know. Won't read about won't go to church. But God pulled me out of that and took me step by step and showed me 
his character, who he was. Show me that he's a God of spirit. When Paul said, we don't follow these dumb idols, why? But we follow God who speaks. And God speaks to us. He speaks to everyone. Okay? So, ask God, I got filled with the Spirit when I got saved. Then ask God for another feeling. We call baptism of the Spirit. Some people call feeling stuff. Use the evidence with that tongues. But that's not necessarily got to be the only evidence. There's a lot of evidence. Then ask God for another feeling. The scripture says, Ephesians said, be filled. Keep on being filled. You need to be filled with boldness to walk holy to understand the scripture. You see what I'm saying? You need to ask God. And so, so that's something you should do. Number two, well, the third one. Must be people who pursue the voice of God in your life. And here's what I want you to pray for. Pray that God will increase you in 2015 these five elements. These are elements of your spirit. Discernment, perception, sensitivity, awareness, and, and intuition. Most of you ladies, y'all already got these going on now. But let me just show you when I say these are elements of the spirit. You remember when the woman at the well said, what she said, I perceived that was a problem. So Jesus began to give the spirit minister, spirit to spirit. She perceived. Remember in the story where the woman had the issue of blood, so I wonder how Jesus grabbed and Jesus said this. Watch this. Immediately Jesus perceived in himself that power proceeded from him and went forth. Now it was a whole crowd of people around where he perceived it. Why? Because of the Son of the Spirit. And then in Isaiah, uh, it talks about when Pharisees and how they was rebellious and stuff, didn't do what Jesus said and stuff. And the scripture says this. In Isaiah, this is not my counterpoint. It said that he has blinded, talking about God, has blinded the eyes. He hardened their hearts so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart. Perception is of the heart, is of the spirit. So pray that these things will be increased in you. And you may not know all the details, but if you pray this prayer, God will help you if you're sincere. So, and the last thing is I teach a class on hearing God's voice and communion with God. It's two classes. They, they, all, all it is is talking about hearing God's voice, but they hit it from different angles. And next time we have that class, y'all should come. I'm going to do a class on gifts of the Spirit. You should come today. Every one of you. I know all of you here now, some of the guests. Yes, I want y'all to name too, so I can call y'all. Everybody come. It's a good class. I'm telling you that name. You'll like it. Not just because I teach it, because one of my teachers fully, and the other one I saw to facilitate. But I've been doing it now for a number of years. So that's something you can do. Once you find out, you can do it because we get into details that we practice and we demonstrate. And so I ask anybody to go to class they'll see and help in your life. Now, if like I said, if I could turn this on anytime I want to, I would. We would not have no debt Some people downtown, I work with a bunch of heathen. When I say heathen, some people worship idol gods. I'm serious. I'm not saying it's a joke, but they worship idol gods. Some people I work with. I would turn it on quick. So then the truth, but just don't happen that way. I'm praying for people right now, a certain group of people I'm praying for, that God will fix it so that he used me to bring them to the Lord. So, anyway, let's uh, close now. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 
888-447-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.